Welcome to episode 47 of Inside Jogging Podcast. As always, another big week on its way to you with news from marathons in Rotterdam and Brighton, as well as action from National Road Relays in Birmingham. As always, we try to bring to you the usual segments like our trainer weeks, Weston's wise words. Maybe I'll have a rant about something today and we'll answer plenty of listener questions that have come in. In a week that saw Dyson announce a wearable air purifier with a pair of noise cancelling headphones built in, let me welcome to the show our very own purchase of some new headphones this week. How are the new AirPod Pros, Joshua Lund? How are we doing? Yeah, they're good, actually. I um, I don't know if you guys have got... Oh, you haven't got AirPods there, I don't know if you... My, um, my old ones, one of them has gone very, very quiet. It's probably just clogged full of my own wax, to be honest, but they're disgusting. So, I've, yeah, treated myself to a new pair. But I don't know if anyone else has got the Pros. Well, my left one gets falling out. It's a bit annoying. I went for some budget, budget JBL ones, which are pretty good. But the the sound I'm recording wasn't as good as the old plugged-in, old Apple ones. So we'll stick with those. Now, um, let me also welcome my other co-host of the podcast, a man who's more likely to buy purchase a Toblerone than a set of headphones. Um, I would say, how are we doing, Matthew Klaus? Is he, is the office getting a makeover? It's all happening, lads. I, uh, what's it called? Do you know what? Uh, I want to get one of them Dyson fans for the room because I don't know about you boys, but we have to sleep with a fan. It's an air purifier. I, well, yeah, but you know, like an actual fan. Yeah. Just because of the noise. Um, but yeah, all's good. Um, I'm just putting together a, a tall boy um, five draw chest for the office. So, uh, I'm doing all right, to be fair. The drill needs to charge, so I'm back to the screwdrivers, which I'll tell you what, I don't know about you boys, but screwdriver, the electric drills, I tell you, whoever designed them, genius. I, I, don't, I don't imagine Josh has used an electric drill in a long, long time. Yeah, I'd, any DIY that ever needs doing, I'd rather just pay someone to do it. All right, Billy Big Box over there. <laughs> no, like, just when, mess it up. when you when you buy a house, you're gonna have to do that, you know. When you grow up and be a big boy. I'll just cry to my dad get him to come out and sort it for me. Big big Paul on Paul, Paul on can't do flat pack. Right, let's get into it's some training. Let's get into some training weights, boys. We'll go to you first, Matt. Um, you have the ankle weights on this week. All right, yeah, I had the uh, 500 grammers on the ankles. Um, let me just open this door. Let's uh, bring bring a bit more Wi-Fi into the into the room. Um, I'm sure that's how it works. Is that how it works? Seriously? Yeah, it's no. like airflow. Uh, it's like it's just like just like the Dyson purifier. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're actually on my uh, my erected uh, drawers as we speak. So. Um, it's a stru- structurally sound. Uh, so uh, here we 4th go. Fourth April. Fourth of April. <clears throat> I'm sure I ran an hour on the fourth of April. Just That's going to be the trend for the week. Um, all right. So Monday morning. Um, I did actually run just over the hour. You're right. 
nine miles, um, 7.06 pace plus strides. Um, that was what I did on Monday. Uh, no doubles uh, this week. And then Tuesday, big session day. Um, so busy day at work. I was uh, I was in theatres all day, so I didn't get back home till late. So I yeah, uh, I just as soon as I don't know about you boys, but when you finish work, it's the last thing you want to do. But I think I find that if you just get back and um, put your shoes on and just get out the door, um, you're all right. Don't on on that note, it. wait till you get to my Tuesday and we'll see. Well, that's why I've said it. <laughs> so um on the uh on the plan was eight by three minutes. Um so I decided to do this because in the evening pant lane's a little bit busy. So um I go down to um it's well, it's 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 basically um the other side of a little wood, a little quarry um by us called Springfield Lane. What's hap- what's happening down Pant Lane? It's rush hour. It's a commuter route, is it? Yeah, it's busy. it's a busy road at night uh, after work, but you can everyone, get away with it in the morning. Everyone bypassing through Wrexham. Everyone wants to uh, sample Pant Lane, mate. So, um, so this this um, it's I've done I do it quite a lot actually. This and it's um, it's a bit hilly um, up as you go up. So every odd rep was hilly and every even rep was slightly downhill but if i'm honest uh, the signal's not great in there because it's it's pretty much covered with trees and so eight by three minutes um one minute walk no jogging just walking um it was tough actually this is the first real sort of session i've done with a little bit of little bit of hills thrown in there, um, Achilles wise was fine. But when I um, when I cooled down, my both my Achilles were throbbing like so sore. I think it's just such a stimulus for it to sort of go up and down, up and down, um, so much throughout the run. So pace wise, I wanted to try and average around three minutes per k, but I know um, it looks like I didn't um, on most of them, but I just went off effort rather than worrying about the pace because, again, GPS is a bit crap in there. So the nice thing with this little out and back is you can go – I can go out to about six minutes on this one. So I'll go back there in a couple of weeks to do um, some five-minute reps and some six-minute reps. I just had a look at this road on Google Maps. It's lovely, mate. Nice and covered it's... trees both sides. But is that a river or what you got next to it? <laughs> I'm going to your carriageway next to it. Your carriageway. <laughs> beautiful scenes um but it's actually it's all right like i mean it's not great underfoot no um, cars go down there though do they well they, they do but you, you you might hit one um no. so it's nice and quiet no there's not many dog walks or anything down there um and it's one of them it's going back to basics isn't it it's, it's your bread and butter stuff it's just going off effort and i think i quite like the fact that you can't get much gps signal down there you can just go off feel but um, I was proper puffing um, at six reps. But got it done. Got it done in the evening too. Nice to have some, some light back. Yeah, oh, it's so much easier. 
I might just quit the sport in the winter and just do something else. I don't know what to do. How to some in, indoor activity? What I could do? Um, trampolining. Trampolining. No, let, let's go with that. That'll good be good for the Achilles. Good for the Achilles. Yeah. Last time I uh, trampolined, I did a uh, backflip and didn't land it, and ended up smashing my shin on the bar on and the, the bar, trampoline. the metal or yeah. like that. So I've got a lovely scar on, on my shin for that. I think you should stick to running, mate. Yeah, well, you say that, don't you? But um, here we are. So that was Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, yeah, Wednesday. Again, run after work because I was just I was in theatres all day again on the Wednesday, so I was I was back a little later. So um, nine miles. You say you're in theatres. What are you doing in theatres? Are you watching stuff happen? Yeah. You watch operations. Yeah. What What else are you do in theatres, mate? I don't know, but I thought you sell play, the stuff. Play tiddlywinks. Why do you need to watch stuff happen? Well, okay, so. Let's say if, if you um, sell into a hospital, right, mm. and they don't know how to use your equipment, what do you do? Well, I didn't know. You, so you have to tell them how to use their equipment, do you? Uh, I have to go in there. If, it, if it's our product that they've purchased, I have to go in there and give them um, proper training on the product so they know what they're doing. So um, we have monitors and stuff linked up to patients in theatres, and you have to go through the whole product with them while it's linked to the patient's um arterial line there you go it's interesting yeah. mate should, so there you go you should, i just thought you were some sort of david brent salesman who went up and down the country no well i am a little bit um so yeah so evening run again i i don't know about you boys but i hate running in the evenings i much prefer to do everything in the morning if i can yeah i, I definitely prefer to do it if i've got two runs definitely the longer one in the morning um yeah every time like doing an hour in the evening feels like an eternity um i had some uh, someone comment about trainers um i'm a, a puma guy now are we yep which uh which model are you running in so um gina actually recommended them to me um and they're fantastic so um I'm currently, well, I was running the New Balance 880s um, and now I've moved to the Puma Velocity Nitro 2. I'm going to Google it. So they're very good. Um, if you want a neutral shoe, which is nice and soft and it's kind of like your, your old school sort of mileage shoe, then um, they're the ones to go for. Yeah, because their car, carbon shoe's doing well, isn't it? Because they've signed quite a few runners of late, I know Molly Seidel was one of the first. Yeah, I want to try the their racing shoe. Not, I don't know if I want to try that new one where it's like. Yeah, the one that looks of, bizarre. Yeah, um, but I want to try the one that she ran. Um, did she run Tokyo? Olympia, it? Olympics, yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, I recommend shoes now. So if anybody wants to contact me, then um, please do. But you'll get the same reply. <laughs> So that was Wednesday, Thursday, um, morning run. I oh, know what what day what what day was Thursday. Oh no, 
Hold on, so, hold on. It should be the sorry, seventh. You've done. Hold on, I've jumped. I've jumped today. So sorry, the Wednesday. Um, sorry, listeners, about this. I know you're trying to follow along here because you're so interested in this. Um, <clears throat> Wednesday, I, uh, I did eight miles, seven twenty ones. My apologies. Then Thursday uh, was nine miles because I ran at six thirty seven pace. You see, so that um, shows me that I didn't do that the day after I did a session, even though my heart rate was. Uh, a little higher than I wanted, but that was nine miles. And I did a gym. I went to the gym in the morning uh, because I had a, um, a 7 a.m. meeting. So there we was are. that with people based in the UK? No, they were US and Australia. Uh, um, so I did the gym in the morning, ran in the evening, nine miles. Um, that was what I did actually on Thursday, Friday, eight and a half. 727 pace plus I did hills so back on the hill uh, up Pistol Hill it's a lovely hill um, Dan Weston will know that one very well they just did 5 by 15 seconds so I'm going to start increasing that every week now um, so that was that was Saturday and then today no sorry that was Friday good god I've not drank anything today either Um all right, then yesterday, Saturday. So uh, last week did four mile tempo. Um, wanted to increase that by two miles, so rounded it up to ten k. This is actually on Mike Harrington's um, Village Bakery ten k loop. Um, I mean, I started a little bit further back than the actual race itself, but um, so I actually I'm actually going off k's. Um, on this Hello. one, not on miles, I know. Which <clears throat> I don't know. And I, I did, finally, I did. I did K's. Um, I did K a lot of K sort of tempos um, towards the end of last year, and I guess I'm so used to running everything in miles as far as sessions. It was quite nice to sort of switch it up and go to K's. So um, the plan was to sort of run around three tens. Um, per K which is about my threshold at the moment um, so I pretty much did that to be fair um, I went 08 09, 10 and then sort of hovered around the source about 6 to to 10 for the, the, the remainder of the reps yeah that's pretty pretty well controlled is your heart rate strap on? yeah because it jumps a lot doesn't it? 6 to 7K yeah but that's where the hills are ah okay Fair yeah it, that so if anyone's done village bakery uh, 10k um it's uh, to 5k it's okay it's it's pretty downhill and a little bit flat <clears throat> but then it starts to jump at about six to six to nine k nine and a half k starts to climb um but yeah i felt pretty good actually so I, i'll increase that again i'll either go 5k reps to the K flow or I'll do 12k um, tempo um, next week off the back of that so start building them or I'll, I'll start to drop the distance and start to pick up the pace so yeah all in all um, if you're working on the miles it's 503 for the for the 10k um, and then that was yesterday then today I did which is Sunday which is Sunday today. Um, so long run, 13.6. Um, 
it's as far as I can go at the moment, actually, on the Achilles. It starts to get a little bit pissed off after about 30 miles still. So I'm still sort of building into this one. So the plan was to do 90 minutes, 6.38 pace. Um, someone commented to say it looks like a sperm. Um, I don't know what your sperm the classic, like, but the classic, gosh. isn't it? Um, yeah, it's got one big head on it, that has, for a sperm. Um, so, yeah, all in all, pretty good. Um, listen to... Um, listen to... I listened to the boys, actually, uh, with Ollie Hall inside running podcast um, which is pretty good good insight all the big interviews aren't they yeah they do to be fair um but they can't get the old alexa to uh, link up to their <laughs> to, to their podcast um so i've got bezos bezos on speed dial mate that's why well bezo so yeah so good week not too bad um what did i do 67 miles to be honest i'm probably going to stick it around that for a little bit just increase the sessions again and um see how we go i've got manchester in what six weeks five or six weeks so i've got to get fit for that plenty of time i mean it looks like the the tempo is coming on each week so it's a case of stringing a few of these together now isn't it and you're i'm sure yeah. you'll, you'll knock out a, a 28 minutes in manchester I mean, it'd be nice. Um, actually, I've got a new training partner um, moving up. Who's this? So, um, Big Scott Overall. He's moving to Alsmere Port. So, wow. Yeah, we're going to um, start to set up a, a track club. So, Ellesmere Port, is that near Wrexham? My knowledge of, of yeah, Wales. Yeah, so Ellesmere Port is it's not in Wales, it's in England. It's just um, like uh, Runcorn, so just below Liverpool. Okay. So yeah, so he's moving up north. There you go. Well, more north to him, I guess. Had enough of the big smoke. Um, solid week. Josh, let's go into yours because you've been doing some running too this week. I have, yeah. <clears throat> um, right, Monday morning. So I don't know if you've seen on Strava. I found like a nice, um, it's about a K, but I've managed to get a loop, which is, it's literally like 200 metres from my house and it's all off-road. So I did an hour around that. Oh, I need to close that down. Oh, yeah, boy. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so I did an hour around there, 7.05 pace. And uh, the weather this week's been terrible. I don't know about you guys, but in Cardiff, it's been awful. So it's been just really cold. And I don't think on Monday it was bad right, with the rain, but um, yeah, it's just not been pleasant. It's been windy too, isn't it? That's the main thing. I think. I've, yeah, I've, well, yeah. I know on Thursday it was like 50 mile per hour winds here. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was Monday morning. Um, so I just ran once on the Monday. Then Tuesday, Tuesday was a bit of a, I was probably sulking a little bit, I'm not going to lie. So I had to go to the office and it ruined, ruined my Monday afternoon, ruined my Monday evening. Uh, oh, like hence it. me not doubling. Then I went out, got out in the morning, did four miles. I actually calculated this wrong. I was doing it in K and I did 3.99, which was, again, just annoyed me. Um, 7.42 pace. Do you like that one, Matt? He's, he's labelled it as morning walk. <laughs> you know when, you, when you're that's... running, right? You know when you're running and you sort of hit the floor and you bounce off it? I felt like I was just hitting the floor. I just felt like a blob. Aren't you running on grass? Uh, yeah, but to get there. 
like the first three steps i literally just felt like i was just hitting the floor um and it's actually all, it's all that hard training consecutive days catching up for you mate <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting for this one um no i actually um my left achilles was a little bit sore at the beginning of the week and I, that's why i was trying to run off road a little bit and i don't know if it yeah i, I don't exactly know why but it, it seems to have cleared up now so um so that was tuesday so then i biked to the office obviously strived that um and I actually, I worked it out. I did 5.6 miles. I could have, if I ran flat out, I reckon I could have run quicker. How are you calculating that? Um, I think just five minutes. Uh, oh, actually, no, maybe not. 5.6. It's not a million miles away, let's put it that way. Well, it's not that far off. We'll, we'll come to your session later in the week. Um, <laughs> I'd suggest you can't do that at the moment. Anyway, carry on. Not at the moment. Um, so, yes, yeah, so anyway, bike to the office. Uh, and it's just like, I'm at the office. At home, I could, I can like have whatever I want for lunch. I can have it when I want. It's just a bad experience, really. And I know I mean, it's being I'll, dramatic. I know. I like this. So you've obviously meant to be in the office for nine o'clock. So you leave home at eight thirty-three, and it takes you twenty-six minutes and forty-five seconds. So you, you did literally, that deliberately. Wow. You rolled into the office at nine o'clock on the dot, like ghosting your bike in, and I had to get changed as well. <laughs> Nine-ish. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think I, I think I actually started getting changed early as well. So I was a bit fed up. So the one good thing is, it's downhill on the way back. So a little bit quicker. Anyway, um, I was going to do a session on Tuesday evening and I was just so fed up. I literally got home. I think I text both of you. Um, I got home from work, walked in. I just got undressed and got in bed. I fell asleep for like two hours. And I was like, well, I don't think I'm going to do a session now. So, yeah, I was a little bit demotivated. I can't, can't lie. So I didn't run in the evening on Tuesday and we, I did my session on Wednesday. So uh, Wednesday morning. What do you uh, think about that, Aaron? I just can't believe he's, he's sulking because he's had to go to the office. I was in such a bad mood. Like, such a isn't bad that, mood. Isn't that life? The worst thing was it wasn't just Tuesday. It ruined my whole Monday evening thinking about it. As well. Yeah. So, yeah. Without being childish. It's, it's pretty embarrassing, mate. You're an embarrassment yeah, yourself. I, I'm aware. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, Wednesday. So I actually went out at lunchtime on Wednesday. Um, so did 4.4 miles, just a little shake out. Well, it's half an hour, basically, uh, 6.48. And then uh, session in the evening. So did three miles, oh, 5K warm up, seven twelves. And then, it, like you say, it was very windy um, this week. So the first, uh, so I had eight, same sessions, Matt, eight by three minutes off a minute. Um and I, I was unsure where to do it because uh, Jake wasn't around to drive me to Butte. So um, I did it basically just where, Matt, you probably know, you know where Ballantyne's is? I don't know what, well, I don't know what that's called. There's an industrial yeah. estate, basically. It's kind of downhill in a horseshoe and then it comes back uphill. So it goes down, downhill to the bottom and then back. Oh, I know where you are, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the first one was probably okay. It was like just outside three minute pace. Um, and then the wind kind of slowed me down on the second one and I kind of just lost my head a little bit and got slower and slower and slower. And it was to the point where I was like, I'm not even running hard. And I, I think I got down to about five thirties and yeah, I don't know really. Hadn't had that okay. in a while. Okay. I've got a question for you. So, you know, you said that you lost your head, but is that because you, uh, the wind was strong and you were looking down at your watch and your pace was slowing or was it a case of you just couldn't be asked? I would say 
it was a bit of I couldn't be asked, and then the wind brought on the more I can't be asked. Because I knew I wasn't running that hard. And I was like, I don't really want to run harder. And I just felt a little bit fed up. But this Which is, is very, very why, not like me. But this is the reason why like minutes is a perfect example of just something going by feel. As long as you're working hard, doesn't matter the outcome. Yeah, and I know, and I know like I knew, I was very aware I wasn't running that hard because uh, you just feel it um but yeah so i was a bit like meh and i think it was probably a little bit even just the beginning of the week was just a bit i mean, it was quite busy with work and then again like i said going to the office just annoys me so it knocked on to the whole, my whole week really so yeah anyway that was pretty pretty slow relatively um and then i did five mile uh so 5k warm down um so that was wednesday thursday um i did just over 12 miles i tried to work out in k and i can't remember what it was i think 20 yes there we go good so i did 20k uh average six four teams um oh. so that was probably probably a bit quick now josh strava's pace strava doesn't, tell, <laughs> doesn't tell me the pace so how do you know it uh <laughs> i knew i'd run too quick so i clicked to hide the pace on that hiding <laughs> all the variables <laughs> yes um and to be fair I, I ran down to um to the lake a rope and uh a couple of the guys were doing like a progressive run and i was like i'll start with you because they were like i'll start at 6 30 so i was like that'll be all right um and then yeah i kind of left them when they i was like this is probably too quick now and i ran on my own for the rest he was very excited to find this feature um i think i got <laughs> i got a whatsapp message saying i mean at this I, knew point, I was still on my sick bed but he was like what can you see for my run? And I'm like, I can't be asked to go look at your run. Just tell me what you'd want to want me to look at. And he screenshot me this little feature where you can hide your heart rate and hide your pace. And he was delighted. Well, I knew I was going to be in trouble. So I was like, yeah, one of them ones. So anyway, that was Thursday. Uh, and that was in the evening. And like, I agree, Matt, running in the evening is a bit, yeah. Actually, yeah, I was pretty bad at running in the morning this week. So Friday, um, I went out <laughs> two o'clock. Someone's commented on this working hard, which I like. I actually work with that guy as well. Um, so I went out and did half an hour around my little loop, um, 6.55s. And then uh, in the evening, I did 60 minutes on the treadmill. Um, so it works out 4.10 per K, which is... Why did you not just do a 70-minute run or 75? Why did you double? So you... You ran at two o'clock. Oh, what? I was in one run. Finished at half two, and then you jumped back on the treadmill four hours later to finish off the run. Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't really have a reason. You're an odd boy. I'd rather do, I think, four and eight than, or 13, 60 rather than 75. Plus, it's more, isn't it? Yeah. That's probably why you're saying you won't do it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that was like four ten pace, which is we do the quick maths there. About it's six, probably about six forties. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, so yeah, so that was in the evening. I did calves there as well. Um, that's probably actually why I went to the gym to do it on the treadmill. And then I had a bit of a disaster on Saturday morning, to be honest. So this started all before my run. So I was watching the qualifying. I don't know if you're aware, it was in Australia for the Formula One. That is. And uh, I missed the bus by about 30 seconds. So 
I had to wait 30 minutes for another bus. And I was debating, I was like, I could run there, but I didn't really want to run with a bag. Um, I didn't really want to run in flats. So I was a little bit late warming up. And then I didn't have signal on my watch because, which I realized afterwards I'd set it up for track run. Have you ever used that feature? I've never used it, so I don't know why it was defaulted to that. So I did um, basically 15 minute warm up, which I think was probably about two and a half miles. Um, then the plan was two by 5K, but I was too late to do the two by 5K before the park run. So, so I cut my, my warm down short. I know, but so before you go into this, my question is if you're late, so you. Yeah. You started your what you're about to say at eight forty-seven. Yeah. Why did you not just go? I'll do the do park, the park run, run after, and, and then do, do a five k after. I did consider this, but Matt, what's Cardiff Park Run like after? It, it's carnage. Yeah, but you can go yeah. the other way, can't it, you? It is. Well, it's I, a bit I shit. Suggest, I suggested that to Josh. Yeah, it's it's quite uphill though. I think the other way. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I could have done that, yeah. but I didn't. Anyway. It was a panic. It was a panic situation. Yeah, let's go through your actual. Right, what, the best tell us what you did then. So, so I rough, roughly ran around ten o two for two miles because I didn't have signal on my watch. I mean, my Strava Saturday morning is was ridiculous, um, and I don't know why I could get signal. So, so how, yeah, how, I roughly ran to a how, mile. How did you measure the two mile then? Well, because I roughly know where a mile is. Okay. Within the nearest like twenty meters. And you went out back. Like, yes, I just turned around and ran back. Um, so yeah, that was about 10.02. Uh, I then waited for the park run and I thought for the park run, I was like, if I can try and run sort of 3.05s, um, that was kind of the plan. Um, and I went through the first case, like 3.07, 3.08. And I was like, well, that felt harder than probably <laughs> not harder. I felt like I had just no leg turnover. And I was like, I'm just dialed into this pace. And I kind of carried on that pace around 15.53. Um, I just, but I didn't feel tired. I just like felt like I had no turnover. Um, yeah, so yeah, I was a fair bit slower than what I was ex- uh, hoping for, really. And then after, I kind of thought, right, we'll do two k. And again, I didn't have signal on my watch, but I went to the one k mark and turned around and ran back and ran six seventeen. So kind of not that much different pace. And that was my session. So Aaron, you have mocked me. I know already many times. Have I? I wouldn't do that sort of thing. What? Why are you making everything? Why are you making things so hard and difficult for yourself? Okay. First and foremost, why have you sold your car? Well, my I sold my car because I was planning to move to London. All right. Well, you, you need to get. So I need to buy it. Even a cheap car just to get you from A to B. Yeah, I agree with that. You could have done that session. Out the other end, like I said, and then come back. Yeah, if I did the park, the problem was I didn't want to do the park run first and end up running too quick. That was the concern I had. And I, because I'd warmed up, I, when I originally started warming up, I was like, "Oh, I might be able to squeeze it in." And then, well, you wouldn't run too fast if you if you you had a you had you, you had a plan as far as how quick you were going to go, so you wouldn't have gone quicker. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what I'm like. Um, There's a possibility that that could happen. I've got another question. How well, far is it from your house to Park Run? It's probably three miles. Could you not have done the session from your house pretty much to Park Run? 
That would have been rapid, to be fair, Aaron. That's a good idea. I might do that next time. It is downhill the whole way. Did that not even cross your mind, though? When you when you miss this bus, you think, I might as well just run there and do my session. To be fair, Matt, if I did 5K there, I'd run. It's so downhill. There you go. Yeah, so actually, next time I will. Good. <laughs> might break 15 minutes. Um, anyway, that was Saturday morning. Um, Saturday afternoon, I went out and did half an hour. And just did it on the treadmill. Um, and that pace isn't right. So I ran like just outside seven minute mileing. Then this morning I did 26K uh, with Tom Baird and went out pretty well. Actually, it wasn't as a, I was ready at like half seven and I was just, you know, I'm like, I was sort of faffing around. So I actually left at 10 to nine. You watched the Grand Prix, didn't you, first? I did. So I was up at half five this morning. Watch Grand Prix. Uh, then, yeah, ran. So 26 miles, average 640s. And then I, I said to you, my, I've felt, since I've sort of come back from my car, being sore, I've felt so old. Like, the, in the morning runs, everything is, like, achy. And, like, my joints are sore. And I feel like I'm getting old. It's coming to him. It is. He's on his way in. He can, he can first, sell him. <laughs> my first K this morning was 510. What's that in real money? Well, my first mile was 7.53. Matt would be probably pleased with that for a first mile. Have you averaged 6.40 then? The rest were like 6.30, 6.25. Oh, okay. You just... It was only like one slower mile. Yeah. It's a good little route though, that. I'm a fan of that. I like that. I like the route around the bay, go across the barrage. Yeah. The only thing is, like I say, where I live, it makes it's brilliant the first half. But the last six miles are uphill. Why don't you why, why don't you do the old Aaron Scott special and run downhill Just with get the, the bus and get the bus back? I could get the train home. That's a go. possibility, actually. That's a good idea. So anyway, there's probably oh, and then this evening I uh or this afternoon I biked with Ellis because he went out last night and I was a bit disappointed in him. So I said I'd bite with him on his run. Gave him a bit of a talking to. What's up for your signal on that bike ride then? I have no idea. I stopped at one point. And then I've ended up in Newport. I don't know how. <laughs> Go on to the so, old, yeah. the Rose Inn loop. Yeah, it, that's exactly where it is, actually. Um, so, yeah, so it was eight, eight, about 85, 86 miles for the week. Of running? Yes. He's back. Mileage, yeah, man. Getting there. Get um, well, I'll talk through my week. I said I wasn't going to be here if I didn't run a full week, but I'm going to excuse myself because it wasn't my fault. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm not going to do any of these predictions this week. All I'm going to say is I'm going to take each day as it comes next week and hope that it involves some running. Because this week, um, so we recorded the show Sunday evening, didn't we? And then I was highly motivated to get myself back on track. Half past midnight on Monday morning. So, yeah, nearly 1am Monday morning. I wake up and I, I, I sort of went to bed feeling... A little bit full. I thought it was just a bit full from dinner. From dinner, and yeah, woke up, felt a bit sick, and I thought, ah, oh, I'll just go to the toilet. Tried to go to the toilet, got back into bed, felt sick, and I was like, oh, I can't really sleep now. So I went downstairs into the living room, lied on the sofa, tried to go back to sleep, and then yeah, it hit me, and I was I was then pretty much being sick for the next four and a half hours um on, i think it was on my third trip to the toilet about 4 a.m 
that it came into my head that my my week of running wasn't going to happen. So it was always a nice start. Got, Is it got week it. or month or yeah? Well, I think everything, <laughs> isn't it? I think I've had every... Anyway, um, so do you know what? I think it was some sort of one of these sickness virus things. It was horrendous. It was worse than the COVID. Because... But I think with, with your illnesses, a lot of them, I, I pretty much, I can guess, you normally say Eliza's been ill like the week before. And then you're normally ill. That's what uh, the trend I seem to follow. Yeah, I need to boost my immune system somehow. Um, you'll probably see tonight my eyes are like bright red because of hay fever. Anyway, um, so it left me like it, I had the sickness bugs, they just drain you, don't they? So I actually I couldn't really move Monday morning. Um, I don't like lying in bed at the best of times. And I had to like force myself into the bath just to. Because I had sort of a fever with it too. Anyway, wasn't good. Um, so what was that? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I want to say. Were... What, 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 what? I, yeah, I was just sick, mate. Um, and it just, just like flattened me. I just had no, I was just so weak off the back of it. I could barely walk, let alone run. I tried to go for a, tried to go for like a walk on the Wednesday with Eliza and sort of made it a little way down the road. I was like dizzy because I didn't really eat. I couldn't really eat anything for about 48 hours. I had a bit of toast on Monday night. I had one piece of toast. Josh would love it. It was Josh Lund diet. I had one bit of one bit of toast Monday night. Tuesday, I think I had a noodle pot at lunchtime and yeah, maybe something little in the evening, but yeah, not much. I had some Haribo. That's about it. Um, Anyway, I got out on, what day is this? What day is the seventh? Thursday. So Thursday, I jumped on the treadmill to get back into things and uh, did 45 minutes easy. I felt a bit, I felt okay for 25 minutes and felt a bit dizzy, to be honest. Um, But Friday, I felt sick again. So Saturday, so I, I started, I basically started my week yesterday. So Saturday, yesterday morning, did uh, 75 minutes at 7.10s. This was only meant to be an hour, but I I went out. Um, I drove out to Uffington, which is a little village, and tried to do some trails because I thought Matt Clouds loves trails, so I'm going to do some of those. <laughs> um, back on them. They were good, but they probably gave me the hay fever I've got today. Um, and got a bit lost i tried to find this little trail that goes across the railway line and yeah couldn't so got lost for a good few minutes there um got a good quick k in there because a tractor was chasing me probably wanted to tell me off so i ran away from that um then this morning got out for i've only just literally uploaded it. i realized it wasn't there so just upload it now i did an hour at 6.55s, quick. And this was quicker because I got about a mile away from home, just before a mile away from home, and somebody, it's like a mainish road, and this guy passed me on the road. Did you, say, did you say it's a mainish road? Yeah, it's kind of busy, so I wouldn't expect somebody to be running on the road. 
but he comes past me on the road. I'm on the path. Um, so I glanced over and he said, so I didn't get his name. I should do. He's a listener. He, he enjoys the podcast. So we had a little chat for three, four minutes. He then told me he was doing his tempo while he was chatting and he wanted to run 40 minutes at his 10K in a few weeks. The fact there was that K I split 4.05, I think. Um, I'd suggest that he's well and truly going to break 40 minutes in a few weeks' time. So whoever you are. Do you didn't get a name? No, sh- no, no shout no, no, no shout out. I'll, I'll find him on another run. But yeah, I was just shocked to see. I don't, you don't often get people run past you around here. It's just quite a, it just shocked me a bit. I didn't really expect it happen, to happen. Anyway, didn't hear him coming. I had my, had my, um, I was listening to. You I need think, a couple run with me around, uh, around the, uh, the country roads of Wrexham. Well, I was listening to Parent in Hell and Josh Whitcomb on that has also had a sickness bug. So it sounds like this new device is going around everywhere. His, his life sounded pretty much like mine. So it made me feel a bit better. Um, but yeah, that's my week. So not much running. How many, I mean, I did do three runs about 24 miles, was it? Something like that. Um, so it's going well. Are you, are you feeling you're back to normal now? So next week you're, uh, you're good to go. I think so. I think it's just a, a bit of unfitness now. When I ran today, I didn't really feel ill or anything. I just felt a bit unfit. Like when I tried to run a bit quicker or up a hill, it, was, it wasn't any breathlessness. It was more just unfitness. So, But that's to be expected when you've had the best part of four weeks of no running. <laughs> yeah. It, do you know what? It adds up quick before you realise. It's crazy. I remember... Well, it... I felt like it was yesterday when I was saying I've got seven weeks to Langtoff 10K and I'm going to nail it. I re- pretty much wrote this plan for myself and haven't done any of it. So, yeah, just going to get back into it next week, but no promises. Um, I'm still going to be on this show. So any listeners who are hoping that I wasn't going to be here, I'm sorry, I'm still here. Um, but yeah, that's our, that's our training weeks, boys. Um, now, before I go into Weston's wise words, I'm actually going to do an apology. Dan Weston, if you're listening, which I hope you do. I apologise on behalf of Josh Lunn for, for giving the wrong results last week. Um, now, I thought I could trust Josh. One and, job. And he could read out a couple of 50k results for me. Could he do that? No. So I'll go into, I'll go into the results, I think, later on for the actual race because we'll we'll read them again but just to defend myself a little bit i no. did read the latest results on the website but dan weston 842 39 33rd overall is that what you wanted matt yeah i mean i, I assume he wanted to finish a bit higher but he said uh, he said he felt good for pretty much what 80 85 percent of it and it's the last the last few miles that sort of stung him, but um, I think he'd be happy with that. It's a, it's a Welsh vest, isn't it, for him? So I always have that sinking feeling when um, when we've recorded the podcast and you see a couple of listener questions fire in. With uh, they usually start with, "Oh, I think you got this wrong today," or or something like that. It's always always a good message to receive on your phone in the week. Um, every week, pretty much. There's always something we do. Anyway, Matt, 
has Dan got anything for us? Um, he has, but you know what? I'm not sure if um, I'm not sure if we've gone through this one before. Uh, oh, I think Dan yeah. might be still uh, a little bit delirious from uh, his 100k last week, but he's copying um, and pasting them, is he, out of his own, own yeah. book of thoughts? They just don't listen to like episode five or something. Which one is it? Um, you tell me what it is, and I'll tell you. It was the it. um, it's a uh, car parking. Um, no, one. I don't think we've. I, I don't remember a car. I've park not heard one. a car parking one. So here we go. <clears throat> yes, do you know what Dan is correct here? He says I don't think we've ever we ever did the uh, race day parking subject. So here it goes. I will tell oh. you what, he, this guy is on the ball. Yeah, he's on the money. More than Matt Clouds. Um, not like me, no, absolutely not. So, race day or any event, parking. Parking has a game theory component. As you are trying to outsmart others who are also trying to find parking spaces, parking is an, opti- an opti- optimal stopping problem as you get closer to the destination should you take this spot. Oh, wait there, sorry, this isn't, uh, I've not commented this. As you get closer to the destination, should you take this spot or a little closer and risk not getting a spot? Do you know what? I always have this. Anywhere I go, I always try and park as close as I can. Me too. Um, the answer is quite complicated depending on the o- occupancy rate. Will 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 be higher or later you get. Um, so but if you are about one hour before the start, then about 1.6 miles is about right. So there you go. So get yourself there before one hour before the start and you'll park a bit closer. So 1.6 miles is about right. So there you go. All the so tips. there you go, Dan. This is episode 47. And how many have we done these? Maybe 38. And I've butchered them all. So they're the number one. <laughs> all, the t- all the tips. I've, I've always been terrible reading out loud. But there you go. Um, I've got a little rant this week. Um, when I was dressing for my run earlier, why why can't any of these manufacturers of clothing build a pair of shorts that can hold a phone like without it bouncing around? I've got some Lycra shorts from Saucony, um, which I had about six pairs of. It's a good job because they're the perfect size for an iPhone, and it, they don't it doesn't move around at all. Um, and I know you've got Garmin's these days where you can download music onto it, but I haven't got one of those, so I'm still using my phone. But can it be that hard to put a phone-sized pocket that doesn't bounce around in a pair of shorts? Especially Lycra runs. It's just a pocket size on the back. You say that. I've got the iPhone 13, the, the Max one. I can't get it in any pockets. Well, that's too big. That's why. Yeah, because that's the size of a laptop. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, actually not that big. Yeah. Okay. We won't go there. Um, so, saw shorts. Yeah. Fantastic. You can fit your phone in there easily. So all the the half tights. Um, you can you can get your phone there. No problems. Oh, you can't buy. I've got some saw half tights. Well, which ones have you got? The elite ones. And how big how big's your phone? Just the iPhone. Uh, the iPhone thirteen. You have got yeah, the, the standard size. Early. You've got the early shorts there as well. Yeah, you've got uh, the, the early editions. Ah, uh, fair enough. So, um, the other saw shorts, like, I don't know, some baggier shorts. Yeah. The phone doesn't bounce around. It's, it's... So, if you get the five-inch shorts, you can yeah. squeeze your phone in the back of them. 
the um, the split shorts to the. To I'm not the, split. I'm just talking about normal jogging shorts. To be honest, mate. Yeah, yeah, uh, the normal jogging shorts, your five inch ones, you can get your phone in them. But the ones that are shorter for race day, you can't get your phone in them now, unless yeah. you have a, a Nokia eighty two ten. Cool. I well, I'll try and dig out my fifty three. What was it? Fifty two ten. I can't remember. Thirty two ten. And then I'll be good. We need to get back to them days. I'm sick of having a smartphone that does everything and it's kind of like you're just too accessible aren't you well i used to i used to like i used to have the the old ipod shuffle like the little fin thing and you could put it in anything couldn't you and oh yeah you don't have to worry about any of these shorts types to go running with um yeah i might might just need to get burner phone that i can just store my podcasts on and then run with that anyway that's been watching too much top boy aaron yeah, I haven't got into that series yet. I need to do that this week. Um, right, listen to questions. My man Josh Lunn posted out earlier on Instagram. And whenever he posts, he gets good responses. So might get him to do this as a full-time job, you know. Um, and there's plenty of questions coming, but I'll start with, with one from Josh Evans who says, what does your typical post-marathon recovery block look like? And he wants to know up to 30 days post-race um josh what's your recovery um, like so for the last last marathon that i did i had i think i had six days complete rest did absolutely nothing and then i started sort of a week of like real jogging so you have to sort of you air keep track of days so it's basically four weeks isn't it um so yeah two weeks in a week off pretty much a week of jogging um and yeah, like really easy stuff. And then I think last time, because I wanted to do Seville, it was a little bit of a quicker turnaround. So I think I started very light sessions. So um, just short reps, not that intense. Um, and then again, the week after that, just building upon that. So yeah, I mean, I, I would say the most important really are probably the first week of just doing nothing and then mm-hmm. making sure you don't do much the week after that as well. And I think you've got to be, probably a bit dynamic with it if you feel really if something obviously if you've picked up a niggle or something then do something different but and it also probably depends on your um your next goal but i i don't particularly like sort of really longing out getting back into doing a little bit of intervals i think the longer you leave it the probably the worse you'll feel and the longer it'll take to then get back into it yeah i think i got two answers because there's one which i'll tell people to do and there's one which i'll do um, so what I tell people to do is take a full week to 10 days off, um, if not two weeks. Um, usually, if they run that second week, it will be very easy running Monday through to Friday, maybe a light session on that Saturday. So two weeks afterwards, a light session of, I don't know, some threshold, maybe a little bit quicker towards 10K pace, but nothing, maybe like six to 8K of volume. And then, yeah, third third week, probably almost three quarters back to normal. And then fourth week, possibly even a 10K race, you know. Um, I've always done done all right with four weeks afterwards, a 10K race, um, just to get back into things. But if not, it depends what you build. It depends what you've got in your plan, really. But, but yeah, my what I do is I probably take a day off running and then want to get back into it far too quickly and start jogging too quickly and that's a mistake so don't do what i do 
Tell you what, Josh gives some good advice there, doesn't he? He does, but he doesn't do I had, it. I had, I had a little smidgen there of, wow, God, he knows what he's doing. Um, and then it went quite quickly. Uh, so for me, I... Look, you've run 26 miles. Yeah. So recover. Have some time off. Take your head out of running. I don't get why everyone's turning around within a week and doing another race. People just need to chill the fuck out. Like, just relax. Take a week, take two weeks, take three weeks, whatever, and just gradually come back to it. Your body's gone through so much stress for 12, 16 weeks, mentally, physically, emotionally. Just have a fucking break. What was that tweet you shared from Steve Magnus? Oh, uh, about the, um, the, 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 how the muscles repair as far as... Yeah. Um, Recovery. Yeah, the recovery side of things. I can't remember where it was, but yeah. um, anybody it was quite go, a good one. Go find Steve Max's tweet. Josh, I don't know if he even liked it. You tagged me and Josh in it. I don't I think saw it. I did say it. I saw it. Yeah. Steve Magnus liked it. I'll take that. But I just I don't get why everyone's you know, I understand we all we all love running, but you also need to look after your bodies and just take some time out. So that's my advice. So how, how much time do you take out after marathon on, on average? So I take um, 10 to 14 days off um, and then I'll just rebuild. So you're starting from square one again, you know, running every day, just half an hour. It depends on the volume you did previously and what that looks like. But, you know, 20, 30 minutes every day and just rebuild slowly, gradually build it up again. Um, for me, I wouldn't do any racing because I just think you just need to get everything ticking along again nicely before you start thinking about racing. I mean, for me, I wouldn't race after a marathon for eight weeks. So, yeah, feet up, chill out, watch some Netflix. Yeah, fair. Um, that is, is a good, sensible approach to take, I would say. Um, so if you can do what Matt says, do that. Um, well, you don't have to do that. Do what you want. No, <laughs> but no. I, I, just, I think it, it is. People do rush, and I I rush myself back into things far too quickly when I could. It's, that was it's it's like the shoe technology, right? Everyone's like, oh, wow, you can recover quicker. You you can do another race. It's bullshit. Well, you hold that thought because the next question: if you're not injured, is it sensible to run two marathons within seven weeks of each other? From Geordie Steve, my answer to that would be no. And if you are injured, definitely no. So what? So what's his question again? So he's saying he wants to do two marathons in seven weeks. Yeah. Knock yourself out. I say because it depends on the level of athlete they are and what they want to achieve. Let's say if they just want to jog around and just have a, a you know a lovely experience and don't want to push their bodies to the max, then absolutely that's absolutely fine. I think it becomes it's when you pushing your body to the absolute maximum it can go for 26 miles that's when you need to take the time off if you're just wanting to have a lovely day out and just you know enjoy the atmosphere and just have a bit of a jolly with it then yeah go for it do a marathon every other week if you fancy it i'm gonna ask my own question to you matt because i want to know this if you've got an athlete who's doing two marathons within two weeks what what would you get them to do in between eat Lindor <laughs> two marathons in two weeks yeah so say you've got a marathon today and they're going to do another one yeah. in two weeks time 
and they've run a pit, let's say they've run they've run fast today but they still want to run fairly fast in two weeks time um then i wouldn't would, coach them i know but what would you give them any training in between no i wouldn't i mean you have to think about what you're trying to do so you're saying an athlete's an athlete's run it's an athlete i've coached and they've run a marathon they've they've run it like you know a minute a minute off the pb and they want to run a minute faster than their pb the following week yeah so no, they're still maxing out aren't they not 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 really i think i i find a lot of recreational runners there'll be a lot of them who will do a marathon as a a goal like a a pb race like let's say today they'll do one and then in two to four weeks time they'll want to do another one where they're not want to jog around they'll still want to run i don't know with, let's say within 10 15 minutes of what they've just run now yeah that's okay that's that's yeah, okay it is but in between those two races like the training you do is to be of benefit to the race you're going to get no benefit you need to recover from your your race right so you've got a week of recovery but then you've only got a week to race again now the only you're not going to get any training benefit from that that two week period of, of in between yeah. so the only benefit you're going to get is recovery is to, yeah to tick the legs over so yeah yeah so let's say if you run a marathon um you, you're fairly happy with and then for that next week, so you run it on Sunday, then the Monday to Friday, let's say you have five days off completely. And then I would say then run every day up to the up to the marathon. But it'd only be it, it, it's really hard to prescribe because you don't know that the athlete and what they do, but yeah. half an hour runs, maybe yeah. do some strides and then go for it because the advantage is, is it's just a case of recovery, you're not gaining anything. Exactly. Well that's good because that's what I've kind of done. Out of interest, I wonder if they're doing the seven. They say they want to do two and seven weeks. Was the question? Yeah, yeah. I don't if that might be the time frame between London and New York. I mean, it's it's quite a lot. I've seen it from no end of recreational runners. Um, they, there's quite a few of them who want to do a cup like two in the space of a month or or two months. Um, what's what's hard, I think, to explain to them is. You, you've got to have that period of recovery after the race. And then you have to, as Matt's just said, and you've just said, Josh, you need to build into your next training block. But if you're building for a couple of weeks and then trying to race a marathon again, you're not going to have, you know, it depends. Yeah. It all depends on, on what you want for the race. It's the intensity, isn't it? Yeah. I guess. And it depends if you want to improve um, your marathon. If so, you want to improve your marathon, you wouldn't do that way. That's my but then I know some athletes do. So, yeah, so let's talk about, there is elite athletes who do it, Sarah Hall. Well, that's not gone so well, is it? We'll come to her later. Um, and like Yuki Karuchi used to do it all the time, didn't he? He used to race marathons pretty much every couple of months and successfully. So, yeah, I have no yeah. idea how they did it. I, all I say is crack on. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. it is what it is. I think, yeah. I mean, I think he's a bit of an anomaly, but I think it depends on what you want to get out of the experience. Yeah. Right. Good answers, boys. Um, this one comes in with, from running with Jasper. Um, Josh, you can answer this first. Would you rather run an all-out eight, all 800 metres or a 50-miler? Or 800, I think. Matt? 50 miles is a long way. 
Oh, 800 every day. 50 miles. Uh, 50 miles. Matt, you, I, think, I think Matt's got a good 800 still in him. I do 50 mile any day of the week over 800. <laughs> I absolutely hate 800s. I've done I was thinking that the other day, you know. I was thinking of doing a few um, BMCs this summer and trying to go under 150. Oh, please make this happen. I would love I'll come, to I'll come watch them. I'll be if your I can get back under 150. I'll hold your kit bag at the side. <laughs> can I be like an old school coach? I'll dress up like a tracksuit, headband, and I'll talk you through a warm-up. No, nah, we'll see. Let, uh, let's get back running first. There you go. Last question. Um, comes in from Andy Davies. Night of the 10,000 metres, what song would you request to put on? And I've given you no thinking time for this so top of your head oh i would go something like some old school lincoln park like maybe in the end or something very good from you josh that's a very good one actually thank you Um, that's hard off the top of your head i'll go uh eminem um trying to think which one eight mile is the old yeah is it is it uh lose yourself Lose yourself, or is it? A, is it um, soldiers? Like Small toy soldiers. soldiers. Like toy toy soldiers, soldiers. That's it. Yeah. That's I, was li- I was actually listening to that album the other day. Very yeah, good. That's good. Yeah. yeah. What about you? I, I mean, Eminem. He's cheated. He's had time to think. I haven't. I've, 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 I've literally <laughs> got this before. I mean, my usual request for this <laughs> is always Miley Cyrus, "Party in the USA." That's a yeah. great tune. Um, that's a great tune. But there's definitely more motivational songs that I can think of. Um, I don't know. I something that is going to get you get whatever's that gets you going during a race. I would say, and it can be whatever you want. Um, bit bugsy. I don't know if it'd get me going enough in the race. What we think? Yeah. Um, what about Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus? That's a good one. <laughs> Tell you what, that'll get me going. I reckon I go one sub one fifty on that. Matt coming down the back straight, giving like a wrecking ball. <laughs> I went, for, I went through a period of listening to Miley Cyrus, um, sort of playlists during my sessions, didn't I, Josh? It was good, good time of my life. That was. I mean, she's got a fantastic voice. Not gonna lie. Right, that's enough questions for today. Um, we're going to news and results. Should we start? Let's start in in Rotterdam. Um, any of you two watch this this morning? No, I didn't actually. I saw. I've seen the results. Um, I actually spoke to Jake, but I have not seen anything. So yeah, Jake Smith paced up until 18k, I, I believe. Um, he was meant to go to 15k, but said he's having too much fun. Um, he's an <laughs> odd, odd kid, right? Anyway, results. Abdi Nagi is that how you say his name? He, he ran a Dutch national record 204.56 to take the win on the line, pretty much from. Gabby Selassie of Ethiopia, who also ran 204.56, it says here. Um, it was uh, 0.73, I believe, the difference in time. There you go. And Kip Rob, Kip Yego from Kenya, 205.12. Uh, Bashar Abdi just behind him. And the from the Brits, uh, in temp was Wayne Gabby Selassie, uh, 212.17. He went out at 208 pace. Now, Wayne came over to the, to the country before oh i can't remember what it's before now it was before one of the champs and he stayed as a refugee um because i know he ran some junior races after that up in the north of england i can't remember where he's exactly stayed, it's but... shettleston wasn't it even so is he shettleston yeah they have a few sort of eritrean 
Ethiopian type lads, don't they, who seem to stay around that way. So I think there's a there's a coach who gives them jobs and houses and things. So anyway, I'll find out his story one day. In the women's Haven Halu from Ethiopia took the win 222.01. And then behind her was Nenki Brinkman from Netherlands. Was that a national record? It's a national Dutch record, yeah. So she's she's the other girl. I think he's just joined NN when Jake joined. Um, and then oh, I've picked one here, haven't I? Zana <laughs> Churi Mazanova, Mamazanova, something like that from yeah, Kazakhstan. What country is that from? Kazakhstan, two twenty six fifty four. Um, Steve Scullion also ran um, from Ireland, and he 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 ran pretty consistently up to about 35k didn't he and and then faded away i don't know if he stopped or what but around 214 31 um he was pretty much on 305 per k pace through to 35k um so what's that 29 pace yeah yeah it's pretty pace was that i've not i've just actually i did see a, an instagram pop up for him so i'm not sure if he explained what happened but I think he just said it was one of those those things, but um, he stopped his watch on Strava, which we worked out, Josh, earlier. Yeah, it looked like, I don't know if maybe like you say he stopped stopped his watch and then he's actually carried on. Maybe. That's what go. I'm thinking. Um, then close to home, Brighton Marathon weekend was on. Um, I was following a bit of this this morning because I've got had a few, few athletes running now. The winner, well, it says on the results, I actually didn't see on the live tracker. So a guy called Alex or Alex Ramsier from Coulston, he, he won in 229.07 from Ben Holmes in 229.25. Uh, so close race at the front. Um, perfect conditions down there today. Uh, I, like very low winds, clear sunshine, good, good tannin weather. Um, I got a shout out for the uh, for the Brighton uh, Gina's uh, boss. Um, he's a he's a bit of a big boy. Uh, ran today and uh, with zero training, um, so he got round. So uh, shout out to uh, Darren Warner for okay. completing the marathon today. So well done, mate. I'll give a shout out to my two boys because they they listen. Luke Rowland two thirty nine fifty four dipping under two forty, and Scott Singleton two forty four fifty. Five dipping under 245 so good work boys um now the women's race melissa gibson i think took the win in 251 um then anya was second in 252 also a team project run coach so good effort there well done, guys sarah hanley 256 um there was also the 10k on which my boy Ronnie Wilson took the win 30.03 for the win from Blake Moore, who ran 30.07, and Jack Hutchins in 30.37. Um, now, Ronnie said somebody wearing full, I think, New Balance kit, um, like Team New Balance kit, ran a 4.30 something first mile. Um, don't know who that was. Anyway, got them going. Um, now in the women's what do we have Natasha Cockrum some fine form at the moment 33-28 for the win uh, Harriet 
Bellor not far behind in 33-55, which as a 19-year-old, that's pretty swift, um, I would say. It's very good. I'm not sure what the under-20 records would be, but it's going to be up there. Um, and then Cassie Thorpe in third in 34-41. So, yeah, good racing down in Brighton. Um, kind of makes you want to do it one year. I just know if I went and did Brighton Marathon, I can guarantee we'd have 50-mile-per-hour wins. So maybe it's best to stay away. Um, right, what else have we got happening? Well, last week, the European teams were announced after Manchester. Not really any massive surprises, I would say, in there. Josh, would you? Um well, I, I think it, it shows you who is going to be selected for Commonwealth Games. Well, who wants to do Commonwealth Games as well. So let's just quickly go through the names listed for the for the men's team. You've got Moar Dan, Luke Coldwell, Ben Connor, Andy Hayes, Ross Millington and Phil Sessman. Um, so real quick group of six. And I wasn't I wasn't aware that Andy Hayes is coached by Mario Yamuchi. Found that surprising. No, I didn't know that either. Um he used to be with Steve Vernon, didn't he, over at New Balance? But yeah, and then on the women's side, you've got Becky Briggs, Rosie Edwards, Naomi Mitchell, and Alice Wright. Um, now Becky and Naomi, Naomi Mitchell won two at at Manchester. Number one at Manchester, Johnny Meller, not there. So that kind of suspect he's going to run the Commonwealths. Yeah, exactly. And I would imagine that would be then the same with Georgina. I can't, I'm really struggling with her name. Schweining. How far into the time was she? Um, so she she went 230-135, but she's automatic okay. now. She's yes. automatic for commies. Yeah. So you would have thought she'd have been picked for Europeans, if not. Anybody else who's potentially going to run the commies? Or are we just saying, thinking? Um, well, I think that's automatic. I think she would be automatic. So I would, I would expect her to be announced. Then there's a few other people underneath the time, but I think, so it, Steph Davis. I thought she could potentially do Europeans, so that that would suggest that she'll be doing Scotland, though, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. It, that suggests she's doing she would do Commonwealth Games. Yeah, um, so, yeah. And then talking about Commonwealth Games, Kenya announced their team this week, and it is stacked. I don't know if you saw this on anywhere. I did, and I think the thing with the Commonwealth Games, I don't know the the last couple, the teams have always been reasonably. They haven't. Not the Kenyans. The Kenyans so are typically, reasonably good. No, they're typically, they pick guys who have PBs of, let's say, 2.5 to 2.7, but haven't run them for about 10 years. Whereas oh, this, okay. this time round, they've picked two five guys who ran them last year, um, which you'd kind of suspect. And I've done that on the women's as well. I think the women's are like 2.22 type girls. So you'd suspect they're going to be dominant, but who knows? Um, and I did actually, Kenya announced their, their world champs team too. They've got so much depth, haven't they? Like mm. the Commonwealth team. I was there anyone um, who, who was their world team? I've not seen that. So world team is... I'm assuming it's not Kipchoge. Jeff Kamwara. I'm sure he was on there. I know Chepinagich was on there. Um, Camwara, Lawrence Trono, and Barnabas Kipton. Jeffrey Crew is reserve. So, yeah. which would suggest that Kipchoge is probably doing London. 
uh, yeah, I didn't even think about Kipchoge being in the Kenyan team. Um, yeah, it would, wouldn't it? Or well, potentially the... Chicago if he wants to carry on his major win. He's won Chicago already, actually, hasn't he? Yeah. So that segues nicely into Boston Marathon, which is a week on Monday. Um, Ken Lisa, Bikili and Sarah Hall are out. Um, any thoughts on that? That's actually news to me. I didn't realise that. So Sarah, Sarah was planning on this ridiculous schedule a few months ago. And it's not really paid off for her, is it? I think she was injured in a record attempt. She tried in Tokyo, was it? Um, and I presume that that injury is worsened since. Um, and then Bikili, is he done? Do you know what I love about Bikili? He could go and run 2-1 and he could run 3-1. There's, there's like no in-between generally. Do you know what I mean? I like the, you don't know what he's, the thing with Kipchoge is it's a little bit boring, Like he's always going to run well. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why everyone like probably still um, puts him into the races because you just yeah. never know, do you? Yeah. He could go and run the world record, like genuinely. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, a... I, I do think he's done <laughs> in answer to your question. It's going to be, I think also the difference now is, so, I mean, yes, Super Shoes made a difference, but you look at that start list for Boston. There's five men who are sub 204. So Bikili can't just turn up and have an average run and, and win it. You know, it, it's likely it's going to be phenomenally quick. You've got yeah. a 202 guy, a 203 flat guy, or two, 203 404 as well. So, yeah, it is stacked. Um, and then obviously on the women's side, for great British interests is Charlie Purgy. Be interested to see what she can do on that course. Depends. It all depends on what the way, which way the wind blows, isn't it? Really, because if it's against them, like it was the other year, it can be a pretty brutal race. Yeah, and the, yeah. I mean, the weather's normally pretty hit and miss, though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, let's just recap the 50k result that Josh got wrong the other week. Um, so you've got it wrong already, mate. It was 100k. <laughs> oh, it says 50k, 100k. That's why. Oh, God's sake. We're doing well here. 100k result. Matt Dickinson took the win, 639. Jason Kelly, 642. Ollie Garrett, 646. That's pretty swift, 639 for the win from Matt Dickinson. Part of Kissy Chasers, Kissy's group. Um, Clapham Chasers. Kissy, Kissy's, yeah. Kissy Chase. Chase. Kiss Chase. Kiss Chase. Um, because Martelletti was sixth in that race in 6.51. So pretty swift. Um, now, can I get the women's at the same time? I can. Joanna Murphy, 7.41, took the win. Samantha Amend, 7.48. And Caroline Turner, 7.51. There you go. We've cleared it up nearly. Um, last bit of news, I think, will be the road relays, which were on yesterday so saturday 9th of april um i actually saw a little bit of this on various people's phones over the weekend and pretty dramatic win for tunbridge in the end coming on the last leg to take the win in um by only what 13 seconds from highgate so anybody doesn't know it's 12 legs of running that's four hours 13 minutes of running to win by 13 seconds um yes 
Eric, let's explain it because I think everyone in the UK probably knows, but there's probably... Um, I don't think some... everyone in the UK knows, mate. I well, let, let's explain it then because I think if you're, in, if you're really into it, I think it's a brilliant event and I think it probably needs more publicity than it so, gets. Every year, national... So you qualify for nationals at the regionals and top 25 teams from Southerns, Midlands, Northerns goes to nationals, which always at Sutton Park. Um, and it's basically a mixture of long legs and short legs. And the long leg is just over five, it's about five and a half miles. And the short leg is just over 5k. Um, so you have long legs, one, three, five, seven, nine, eleven, And then in between the even numbers are, are short legs. Um, and there's plenty of history at that park because it's been going a long, long time. The course is altered a few times over the years so it's a shame we can't directly compare to some of the old old results but um but yeah Tunbridge took the win Highgate second Bedford third um a Leeds who one of the pre-race favorites only finished fifth after their man on their first leg had an asthma attack I heard so um they lost a couple of minutes there but but yeah I I think it was a decent, I mean, it was a very close race on the men's side. Not you, as you would be shitting it if you were, if you knew someone on the last leg is chasing you down. I've been there, not on the last leg, and you're just running scared. Now, I, I initially would have said not as much quality as previous years, just on the face of it. If you look, you know, look at the net, some of the, the fastest legs, but I think Gulab got the fastest leg 25 23, which is actually pretty quick isn't it yeah i think so i um so i think alex Yee's run 24 50 24 48 something like that mm. and when he ran that he was it, flying I mean, he was absolutely yeah. flying now uh, yeah or anything under 26 minutes is very quick and there was nine guys who did that so um so yeah quicker than it i potentially thought it was um now on the women's side if i just quickly flip over to the women's results which I did have open I think Salford Salford took a surprise win now the women's is is six six legs of three long legs three short legs and um, I want to say that but I think it's actually two long legs four short legs yeah let's go with that let's go with two long legs four short legs Um, now Oldershot, Farnham and District win this every year. Nowhere to be seen. I don't even know if they ran. Not only do they win it, they generally... I've seen it many, many times where they come first and their B teams come second. Yeah, Oldershot and then Charnwood were always very high up there. So, new new team, really. So, Salford took the win. Highgate Harriers were second and Basingstoke and Midhance were third. Um, same on the men's side. Older shot, I think, were ninth, tenth, maybe less. Um, so I don't know why there was a lot of people missing. I know there's been marathons on, but I know Cardiff. Why can't Cardiff have a team, Matt? What happened to you? Uh, because Cardiff um, men's team are a joke. That's why. Um, it's <laughs> absolute, six it's legs. A, it's an absolute shambles. Because I saw Ponty Prief had a team. It's a shambles. 
actually, and it's it's a real shame because we've got such good athletes at um, at the club, and so, we can't even get a team together. Why is that? Why why do why are people missing this event now? What well because so the sixth stage what um if England road relays or whoever governs it. Uh, England Athletics, whoever, uh, said that the Welsh clubs can't do the sixth stage now. So all we have is the 12th stage. Yeah, so so you've got plenty of runners in Cardiff. And again, what I can't work out, because there's a lot of clubs that it's happened to, why are people missing it? Like, it used to be something well, that, that everybody did every year. Yeah, and it's a shame. I can imagine, I can imagine the, man, the marathon's probably taking a couple out. That normally Take, happens. Taking a few, but again, you used to have people run the marathon you know, London it was always be, before, wasn't it? No, it used to be both ways when London used to be early. Um, because London used to be early back in the day, people did it the relays the week afterwards. It's due to short leg. Um, I, I do you know what? I think if you're if you're if, if you sign up for a club and you're at, at the, the you know the sharp end of um, you know, within the club. You should. It should be part of the contract as far as doing it for the for the club and for the team. Because if everyone has the same um, thoughts on it, then no one would be at the relays. We wouldn't have it. I I just think everybody's become so obsessed with getting ten k PBs and PBs that they're just not interested. I I know it's for it's four hours of running. It's a long day, but. You don't it's, have to stay there for the day, though, do you? But it's the club, you know. It's the club. That's what this country's running is built on, isn't it? That those club events and it just on the face of it, when I was looking at it yesterday, there seemed to be a lot of people missing. And um, the way I remember it from the last ten years, it's very different. So anyway, back to the women's. Eleanor Bolton took the quickest long leg, twenty nine twenty, and a brace girdle. There you go. Second fastest long leg, twenty nine forty nine. What did she, she do last week? Marathon. She did long leg. Madness. Um, and then Gemma Steele was faster short leg by over 43 seconds. So Gemma's on a comeback. Um, I think that is all the results of the week. Unless, well, actually, I saw Darry Griffiths did, did the relays yesterday and won a half marathon today in 68 minutes. So Darry's able to do it. You could, all can. Um, right. That's almost a wrap. What are we up to next week, Josh? What am I up to? Um, I actually thought about this earlier to say, and I've forgotten what I was going to be doing. I know I'm, I'm a bit busy with work. Oh, it's a bank holiday, isn't it? It's Good Friday. It's Easter. Yeah, I didn't realise that until... Um, I, do you know what? Bank holidays, East half-term, I have no bearing whatsoever, generally now. Because Easter, of, what, Easter eggs come in? I don't. If you're willing to buy me one, I'm just uh, every week now. I'm just getting closer and closer to my um, my birthday, which is scary. Or oh, this week, I've I've booked my flights to Flagstaff as well. But, yeah, Let's go when? That's about it, really. Twenty uh, first of May. How long are you going to Flagstaff for, Josh? Uh, six weeks, I think it is. And you complain that your work isn't isn't good enough for you. You are madness. Also, talking of chocolate. Did you have a chocolate pizza in the week? <laughs> it was the worst thing I've ever bought. <laughs> Never buy it. I was walking around the shop and I was, this was Morrison's. And I thought it was like a novelty purchase. Um, so the topping was just pure chocolate, mini eggs. It was, the, it was very sickly. 
and I had half of it, and I was like, this is just so unnecessary, and I threw the rest away. There we go. Matt, any Easter plans, chocolate coming into your life? Oh, so much chocolate. I had an Easter, uh, Easter egg for breakfast before my breakfast this morning. Um, <laughs> so what have I got planned? Yeah, four-day work week, which is nice. Um, I might try and get... Um, Overall over for a session on Friday if you can get up early enough. Um, but yeah, that's about me. Um, what are you planning, Aaron? Good question, Josh. Do you know what's happening tomorrow? Uh, hang on. I think I know. Let me check. It's your birthday. Yeah. Is it your 40th? I move up an age group. 35, you cheeky little <laughs> bastard. It's your birthday tomorrow. <laughs> it is. Um, Happy birthday, mate. Thank what you. What are we going to get him, Josh? About well, 40 badge. <laughs> <laughs> um, bus pass. You're not ready um, for a bus pass yet? No. Yeah. No, I bought myself a new lawnmower. That just turned up a few hours ago. Oh, so fantastic. That's exciting, gonna, actually. Gonna get on that tomorrow. Is it? Is that, um, that cable-free or is that... Uh... Oh, it is, mate. Oh, tell you what. Got a, little, got a little roller on the back, too. To get the get, lines get them, in. Get them lines in, mate. Yeah, it's all about oh, the lines. I'm so... terrible at getting the lines in, but I'll try. You need a roller on the back. I've done my research. Got that. Um, so I'll be doing that tomorrow. Um, I think, I don't know, a few other things. And then, yeah, three-day work week for me because I'm off tomorrow. Um, Isn't when it a three-day work week for you every week? Pretty pretty much, mate. Um, I'm, I'm actually seven-day work week because the amount of work I do to carry you two takes up the other two days of my week. Um Fair. But yeah, hopefully some some good running this week. I might even do a session, boys. So Ooh. any any listeners want to give me a session? Maybe I should get the listeners to coach me. Might have more success than that. It's a great idea. Yeah, sure, it'd be interesting. Anyway, boys, we're done. Let's um, we'll catch up again next week. See you. Cheers, boys. Yeah. Cheers, boys. On this week's show, I'm delighted to be joined by the man who's putting together a big race on Friday night or Friday afternoon, Comeback 5000 down at Battersea Park in London. He's founder of Team Project Run. He's the man behind that. He's also now a, a Nike running coach. He's got his fingers in many pies by the sound of it. So welcome to the show, Lloyd. Um, how's life in London today? Yeah, it's good, man. Sun is shining. Just finished... Uh... Just finished a little bit of work with a local charity that I'm doing some work with, and now it's uh, it's all full steam ahead for Friday. It's I, um, I just I was just listening to you saying you're delighted to be welcomed by. Do you have to say that every time? Like, what if you're not delighted to be welcomed by them? Like, I'm I was just curious. struggling for an intro for you, to be honest, mate. And I thought it'd be nice to you, um, but <laughs> but yeah, I might change it up. I could have said I'm disappointed to be joined by, but but there you go. Um, I can see lots of beer in the back of your car. I presume that's a Friday. Yeah, I went to the wholesalers this morning and got a load of lagers and pale ales, and then I've gone to um, uh, 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 Days Brewing, who are a 0% alcohol beer. I went to their office this morning to pick up a load of beer. So, yeah, I've got about, I've honestly got about 600 beers in my boot right now. So, yeah, 
so hopefully you don't get stopped. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's go to Friday. Um, action kicks off at what time does it kick off, Lloyd? You tell me. The first race is at 12.25, but the live stream will go on at 12.05 and there'll be a sort of 20-minute preamble between myself and Becca Howard, my co-commentator. Um, so, yeah, if you tune in around 12-ish, you won't go too far wrong. Um, and that's live on on YouTube. Um, how do people find that? So that, yeah, if you just search on YouTube Pro Direct Running, it will come up with their channel at the top and it will be live on there from five past 12. You can go on there now and set a little reminder. Um, alternatively, um, you can go onto the Belgrave Harriers website where it'll be on their homepage as well, alongside our uh, prize pot contribution fund. Yeah, we'll come to that in a sec. So the the YouTube live stream is, it's got the ability to do a bit of Q&A on it. So any listeners out there want to fire Lloyd some some hard questions, harder than the ones I'm going to ask this afternoon, feel free to, to do that and give him some abuse because he's got to be sat there for the best part of how many hours? Three, four hours. So, Yeah, three or four hours. You know what? That last time we did it, that worked really well. I, I, I didn't even know that uh, the, the live chat was a thing on live YouTube until it sort of kicked off, but it worked really well because we had a lot of fans obviously watching, so they were firing questions through, but then we had a lot of people that were firing statistics through about the runners and it just really helped fill the commentary um amongst calling what was going on on the track so yeah if you are listening and you want to throw some questions out there please do feel free obviously if they're abusive i will answer them so <laughs> yeah. go for it um and yeah talk to us about why you set this event up and um who's helped you set it up and what you're trying to achieve yeah. from it yeah, so see, this is the second edition of Comeback 5000. The first one we did in lockdown. And the first one I, I didn't have any hand in organising because I just got offered to commentate it um, and promote it. And I just jumped on that. But what came off the back of it, you know, good press, good good reaction on social media. And I, I, I honestly think it was a bit of a turning point in track and field in the domestic scene in the UK to show what you can do off. Not a lot of money, but good, passionate people around the same table. Um, and for the last year, sort of been umming and ahhing, and I've been that person that's moaned a lot about the sport. Um, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that could probably agree with some of the, the pains I have with the sport in the UK. But I got to a point where I was bored of hearing myself moan and not doing anything about it. And with the contacts I've got in the industry, where I'm currently at in my life, I thought there's no better play, no better time for me to try and do something about it. So Steve Gardner, who's the team manager of Belgrave Harriers, he's, he, was the, he was the race organiser last time round. I chatted to Steve and just said, and we'd been chatting like for the last year about doing it and how we would do it and how big we would do it. And it got to the point where it was just like, Steve, we keep having these conversations, mate. Why don't we just, why don't we just, why don't we just do another meet? do it to the best that we can in the time that we've got, which literally has been six weeks. And that will wet everyone's taste buds because it'll be bigger and better than the last one. It won't be as big and as good as we know we can make it, but it'll be enough to prove that the model that we've got and what we think we've got is viable. Um, 
and then we've in, we've also got some help from Ben Node and Keith Schofield from Friday Night Under the Lights. Those guys have come in and they've helped us with getting officials, getting licenses. It's, it's now got a level two license, so that means that the times achieved can be applicable for Commonwealth Games and World Championship qualifiers and little bits like getting officials, getting first aiders, getting getting timekeepers, getting licenses like that. Me and Steve are not that clued up on. So it's really been important to bring the people in that do know about that and a massive, massive thanks to Keith and Ben. Um, and like I say, we've only had six weeks to organise this. And yeah, the start lists look great and it's really exciting. But I want to make this abundantly clear. What will happen on Friday will be a success and it'll be a lot of fun and I hope it is great for everyone. But it is a dip in the ocean of what we've got planned for the and the conversations that we've had with sponsors like ProDirect and TripAdvisor, conversations that I'm having with representatives from British Athletics. This is this is going to be a dip in the ocean of what's to come. And it's very, very bloody exciting. Yeah. And all of what you've mentioned sounds good, but I mean, for the, for the people listening who who might want to come down, what is it about your event that's going to be different to I don't know some of the more established events that we've had in the past? I don't know um, some of the British champs or whatever. Why why is your event going to be different? Very simple answer because our meeting and our meetings are focused around the athletes and the fans. It's very, very difficult. Sorry, that's not wrong. It's very, very easy to get that wrong and just focus around the competition. But if you engage the fans with the competition, what you can create is, in my opinion, better than anything that's currently out there on a national international scale in the UK British champs you mentioned as a prime example it's very solely focused around what's going on on the track there's no real engagement of the people watching it whether they're in the stadium or on the live stream and in, you know from my experience of going to British champs it's just it's just dead it's boring really and I love track and field so what we try and do is we try and engage the people down there watching by getting them involved as much as we can. I'm very much following that night of the 10K PBs model. Get them on the track in lane four. Get them, get them having access to beer. Getting music going. Making it a vibrant atmosphere so it's something that's enjoyable for someone to have a day out. And then the people on the live stream, how do we keep them engaged for three or four hours? Well, first things first, you have a bloody solid commentary team. Secondly, you, you have... <laughs> yeah, we ain't got that yet. <laughs> um, you know, you keep them engaged with a live YouTube stream where they can, con you know, they can throw questions in and... and it's really not, you know, we're not doing anything new. We're just taking elements from other sports around the world that have been doing this and 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 it, it creates a good product, I think. Yeah, and I think what was good last year, there was many things that were good, but you've got the athletes in after they finished, the, the winners in after they finished um, and had a, a decent chat to them about various things. It wasn't your bland, scripted questions that, you often hear, you know, athletes answer these things in the same way and it's always, you're not hearing anything new. So, yeah, hopefully you can bring out the personalities of the various people in the sport through, through the YouTube channel again this year. Um, now, the racing this year is at another level, I would say, than it was last year. Um, what, what race are you most looking forward to on the night? 
I'd have to say the elite women's race. And the reason that is because, not just because of the field that's been put together, but because of how that field has transpired, because we really struggled. Honestly, mate, go back a fortnight and we literally had four elite women. It was really, really thin. And we were shitting ourselves a little bit because we didn't want to just be looking like we were just building the men's race. But we were trying. I was trying everything I could. I, I, I contacted everyone directly in the top 30 or 40 in the UK for 5K last year. And then a few ad hoc people as well. I was contacting everyone. And, and yeah, big shout out to all you athletes that um, aired my messages. Cheers. Um, <laughs> because I wanted to try and build the best race possible. And I know I knew we just need that one big name. We need one big name that could come down and then that might entice a few other ladies to get involved and luckily we were able to get poppy tank from the states to come and race and that and, and then all of a sudden the women's race started to build and and now you've now got honestly that women's race i think it will be one of the best 5k races you've seen in, in, in a female aspect for a very long time yeah you got you got poppy tank you've got pb 15 45 got sam harrison who's just fresh off the back of 68 half in um berlin was it berlin um yeah. something like that philly bowden um eleanor bolton yeah so you've got some some quick girls on there which i presume will be going for a qualifying time are they is, is there any mark they're going for yeah so the pacemaker will be taking it out at fifteen twenty four pace i believe that is the european qualifying time um I, I might be wrong there, but I, I, I'm, I'm yet to finish my research on the elite women's race. So uh, give it 24 hours and I'll know that, Mark. But um, Sam Harrison and Poppy Tank wanted faster. They actually wanted 15-15, which is bloody fast. Um, so we've done a bit of negotiating. And yeah, 15-24 at the front. Hannah Erwin Hannah has said that she's going to jump on that pace. Um, and then further down the field, you've got Megan Davies, who ran 15-59 at podium. She said she's going to go for the... 15.46, which is the Scottish Commonwealth time. And then you've got Eleanor Bolton, sub-16. Sarah Aston will probably look at running in sub inside sub-16 as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I can really see some girls going out really fast, some girls holding off a little bit, and that last couple of K being a really interesting race. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's a stacked field, no doubt. Um, then men's side, there's over 10 10 men on this start list, start list of under 14 minutes PB. Um, and you're looking at the quickest being Ben Connor, I think, 13, 19. 13, so, 19. so, yeah, Gulab on there, who's who Frank ran is 13, 33, potentially. I know he Frank ran a 13, 30 at Ipswich 5K on the roads one year. So, so yeah, another stacked race there. Yeah, Gulab's it's great that we've got Gulab. Obviously, he ran the short, fastest, fastest long leg at the 12 stage at the weekend, um, which was it was a great run actually. That he put he put a bit of time into some serious good runners. Um, Gulab's in great shape. He's going to go through 3k and 8:12, which is 13:40 pace. Um, we're still not 100% sure whether Gulab's going to pull out at 3k. He said he's going to see how he feels. So that's an interesting feat in itself. You know, who knows what's going to happen there. But yeah, obviously you've got Ben Connor, Jake Smith at the front. They're the fastest two in it with Phil Sessman just behind. But yeah, looking at that field, really, there's 10, there's 10 guys that could go sub-14 on the night easily. Um, 
there's no real reason why every single person in that men's elite race can't run sub 14 that night uh, if they if they can manage their efforts right. But I'm excited for a few dark horses in the race. Um, Black Beauty. Yeah, <laughs> Black Beauty's run. You got. Um, I try to think of some runners. It is that uh, Ahmed. Ahmed Abdul from yeah. uh, I think he runs for Hillingdon. He's a St Mary's University boy. He ran really well at the National Cross. He said that he wants to run about 13.50. But he'll get on the pace. I know he's that sort of runner that no matter how quick it is up front, he'll get on it. And that just, those stories within the race are going to build it to sort of build the suspense into that last K or so. Now, the man you just mentioned, Ahmed Abdul, he may have yep. withdrawn now. He's not on the, on the start list. So you might have, to, might have to check him. I have to go ask where he is. Um, Definitely got He's had his number printed. Oh, I see. Um, yeah, anyway, you've got the Mohammeds on there who haven't got overly quick PBs to their name, but definitely capable. Um, yeah, Mohammed Mohammed did come back last time as well, and he was there with 600 to go, and that was one in 1346. So, yeah, Mohammed Mohammed, obviously, great cross country pedigree, great road pedigree now as well. I think he'll he'll you can't you can't rule him out of the top top few. Um, and then his younger brother Zach Zach he's run a solid half marathon recently. I think he debuted a sixty four half. He's had a great cross country season as well. He just pipped the county's cross title by Callum Johnson. So yeah, there's so many in it yeah. that have got an opportunity. You know, Jacob Allen's running really well. I, honestly, he'll, he'll go well. I think he'll really re- relish the London crowd. Uh, a lot of people from Highgate will come down and support him, and I think he'll go well, as well as his club mate Alex Lepetra in the same race. Yeah, and then you've got this kind of well, you, unique to the UK um, prize pot contribution online. So anybody who's interested, just go over to BelgraveHarriers.com, go to the Comeback Five Thousand page, and there's a there's a little place where you can you can add to the prize pot. So what's the the theory behind that? Yeah, I stole that idea, basically, from Sound Running in America. They put a few meets on during, I think it was during lockdown or just before um, the, the pandemic. And, yeah, they had this thing where you could either uh, you could either watch the stream for free, but you had to donate, which then went to a prize pot, or you paid $5, $10 or something for the stream, and then that went into the prize pot. So whatever way you had to donate. Ours is a little bit different. You know, we'll let you watch the stream for free. You don't have to donate. I think that's very British of us, you know what I mean? Uh, very polite, us, us lads from Belgrade and the Batsy. But the donations, they start at £1 and they go all the way up to 200 and something quid. But ultimately, all of that money goes to the athletes, you know, and those athletes are going to use that on whatever they need to to further their, their career, whether it be kit, training camps, nights out on the lash, whatever gets you there. But the thing is, it's it's it gives fat. This is where again we engage fans. It gives them a stake in the race. If you're donating money to a race, you're going to be more invested in it. It's like having a bet on a horse. You can have you can know nothing about horse racing, but if you have a fiver on number seven, you're going to probably watch the race. So and getting getting into it. So that's what we want to do. We want to get fans involved in in the races as much as possible, without physically getting them in the actual race. So. Yeah, I mean, if you're watching the live stream and you've got a couple of quid lying around, I know it's hard times at the moment. And, you know, I know I know, Rushi's putting every bill up whilst getting pissed up with Boris himself. But please donate if you've got a few quid lying around. And like I say, it does go to all the athletes. 100% goes to them. Yeah, I might treat mine like a bit of betting because my betting history over the last few weeks hasn't gone too well. And hopefully they all the, my athletes don't pull up 
like my four horses at the National did. So, yeah, hope for a better result there. Now, outside of um, Comeback 5000, Busy Man, Team Project Run, um, tell us a bit about how that all came about. What is it? Three, four years ago now? Uh, April 2017 is when it officially started. Wow, five years. Yeah, time, time flies, man. Yeah, so... I moved back to the UK in January 2017. I just lived in Australia for a year. And whilst I was out there, ran with various different groups um, from, from competitive training groups through to just social bits and pieces. Did a bit of work out there with like Nike and that. And kind of my first dip in the dip, I sort of dipped my toe in the commercial side of running and the community side of running on a commercial sense with run clubs and crews. And in the UK, when I left, I wasn't living in London, so I'd never really experienced that where I was living in Peterborough. Like they didn't, they didn't really have that. There are a couple of clubs, as you know, a few clubs, but nothing really commercial or nothing really crew based. Um, so when I came, when I was out there, I, I was experiencing all these different types of running, and it and it almost yeah, it just gave me this light bulb moment that if I could somehow commercialize the way that people viewed being coached but running together with others I think I thought that it could have a really good benefit and a, and, a, and a good impact on a lot of people's lives because the main goal was I wanted to be able to try and connect people from all different areas of the UK basically whether you lived in the valleys of Wales or you lived next door to Battersea Park you should still be able to have access to a like-minded individual that loves running as much as you so if you live in the valleys of Wales, you might not have a running club on your doorstep and you might not have access to go and run with a friend because you might live God knows where. So they, I need to be able to connect that individual, that type of individual with someone that, you know, runs with their club twice a week, goes to all these lovely looking commercial events in London and makes it look great on their Instagram. If I could do that and at the same time, motivate people to run more, motivate people to enjoy their running, but also coach them to improve their performance I thought it would have a good impact and, and that's basically the idea of where Team Project Run came from um, and it started on a very small scale I went down to my local park running Peterborough handed out 618 leaflets at the finish funnel didn't get one inquiry which was lovely um, I had to borrow I actually I, I had to borrow I think I borrowed about a grand off my dad to buy those leaflets um, <laughs> that's a story in itself um, but yeah it just started in my local area that's what it was. It was just to coach a few people from what I thought I knew at the time, from my experiences. And yeah, fast forward five years, you know, we, we could probably talk about the five years over three or four hours, but fast forward five years, I've now got uh, seven staff working for Team Project Run, six coaches, including yourself. Um, we coach from events from the 800 metres where we have Ross Murray coaching our track specific events all the way through to marathons and all the way up to ultramarathons and multi-stage ultramarathons with our resident ultra coach, Tom Evans. And I'm really proud of the team that we've built because I feel that we've been able to build a team that means that we can help any runner. And I know that there are a lot of online coaches out there that will say they can coach any runner, but the reality is they can't. And I can say that because Team Project Runners coached over 1,200 people. So I can say that because I feel that I've seen more or less every type of runner come through Team Project Run. 
So I'm, I'm really proud that whoever you are, however long you've been running and whatever you're looking to achieve and wherever you are in the world, I feel that we've got someone at TPR that, that can help you. Yeah, and I suppose what is interesting is how do you see that, that online coaching relationship um, happening? Because there, as you say, there is a lot of online coaches out there. Um, a fair few of them do it just by email how is how does team project run communicate with their athletes and keep them engaged um with the coaches yeah see it's interesting you mentioned that some coaches do it by email i don't know how any other online coaching providers do it i i have no idea i i can only say how we do it and the only reason we do it the way we do it is by trial and error what i thought was right initially hearing feedback from from athletes and then ad and, and, and adapting our infrastructure accordingly. But the way we do it is that, yes, you've got an online coach, but we want to be able to connect you with a human being. So I don't work through, I don't want people communicating through an app like training picks, for example, where it's, you know, you feedback into your coach and then they're replying to your comment. I think that's just a load of bollocks. I think that it's just too robotic. I'll, you know, I want you talking to a coach and getting to know that coach and building that athlete-coach relationship, which I think is important for my own running, and that's why I adapted to Team Project Run. So I want those coaches getting to know those athletes on a humane level. That means that you coach them like a human being, and you adapt their coaching around their job, their lifestyle, their stresses, the things they've got going on in their lives, their access to facilities, where they are in the world, their injury history, their running experience, their goals. That is what coaching is all about, whether you're coaching someone trackside, or you're coaching them remotely online. So that's why I could explain to you how Team Project Run do it. And I could say, oh yeah, our coach is checking with our athletes once a week, but that would really undersell how we actually work because I know that our coaches, some of our coaches are talking to our athletes every single day, 365 days a year, uh, a year, because I am. And some coaches may be speaking to them twice a week or three times a week. It's very bespoke. It's dependent on what that athlete needs from that coach and what that coach needs from that athlete. So in answer to your question, Aaron, I don't know how we do it to, to answer that, but the way we do it is we just work one-to-one -one as best we can as, and make it as bespoke as we can. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean in, terms of, in terms of contact through email, I've got a bit of a pet hate with that. I don't, I don't see that as one-to-one -one coaching. I feel like if I was if I was paying for a coach and I was talking to their email inbox, then I think I'd get the ump with that. Yeah. It's just that's not that's not my that's not my gig. That's uh, fair. Um so run coaching, um, race management, what's next on on Lloyd Kempson's um tick list? Um yeah, so this race company, this, uh, so this is technically it's an events company which will launch after Friday. That that's going to grow nicely. I really, it's 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 a new it's a new one for me because, like I say, I've never got in, involved in any of this. It's, it's a new it's a new industry, but I'm excited to develop that and, and get some more races out there and help some more. Basically, it's always it's to help more runners run competitively, obviously, put on good meets, but also help fans enjoy the sport more and and, and gain new fans. Um, so yeah, we're gonna get that going. Um, Team Project Run is gonna carry on as 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 it has done over the last five years. Got a lot of plans with Team Project Run to 
improve what we're already doing. You know, we're not reinventing the wheel at Team Project Run or as an online running coaches. We're helping people run. That's it. Do you know what I mean? I'm not promising the world that we, that's all we do. Um, do it to a bloody good level, in my opinion. And then, yeah, I've got, I've got a few other projects. Obviously, I'm working for Nike now, so I've got a few things coming up with them on a UK scale and then a global scale later in the, later in the year. Um, and then I've got another business that I just started with Adam Clark. We are going into the corporate running world in London. In, in the sorry not the corporate running world that's, that's 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 not correct it's actually the corporate health and wellness world so that's really exciting development this year and i'm really keen to sort of get involved in that another new industry that i've never been involved with um and then i'm uh, like obviously i mentioned earlier in the call i've just been on a just been on a photo shoot for a charity i'm doing i'm doing some charity work um for spinal research uh spinal injury research which is really 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 exciting and yeah that's about it really at the moment mate very busy man. Um, but, but thanks for your, your time this afternoon. Hopefully Friday all goes to plan and um, we get some good racing out of it and continue to to grow the support, the sport, which is you know, fundamentally what we're, we're all after. And yeah, if anybody wants to find out more about the Comeback 5000, then yeah, head over to Belgrave Harrier's website. It's probably the best bet. Um, find it on YouTube. Donate to that prize pot. Um, let's give some athletes a good payday and make their experience even better. And if you want to find out more about Team Project Run, you can head over to Instagram, Team Project Run, or teamprojectrun.com, isn't it, Lloyd? That's right, yeah. Isn't it? Um, or drop me a message, drop Lloyd a message, contact us whatever way you want, and, yeah, we'll get you involved somehow. Um, but, yeah, good luck with it all, Lloyd, and I'll I'll see you on the stream on Friday to give you some questions. Can't wait, mate. Thanks for having me, man.